I was staggered to find out just how much bad information was out there about KPIs and some of it from well-known sources. So it's time to set the record straight on exactly what salon KPIs are, why you should care about them and how they'll make you more money. Hi, you're listening to the Beauty Business Podcast, now with over a quarter of a million downloads worldwide. Now, this is the podcast for you if you run an independent beauty salon, a skin clinic, or a spa. I'll help you reach your business goals through simple to understand, practical, and beauty industry-focused business information and advice that I've learned and implemented working with spas and salons over the last 20 plus years. So if you want more money or more clients for your business, or you'd like a bit more control or time back for yourself, then you're in the right place. I'm here to show you exactly what you need to do. Oh yeah, and who am I? My name's Adam Chatterley. I'm your host here on the show. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome everybody to what could possibly be a little bit more of a an angry show than normal. Well, not really. I don't really do angry all that much, but when I go, you want to see me go. I might get a little bit ranty though. So forgive me on that one if that happens. So I want to give you a little bit behind the scenes peek for a second at how these episodes actually get put together a little bit. You know, you know me, I love to have a good plan in place. So we have an ongoing list of episode topics that we want to cover over the the next three to six months on the show. So we always know we've got some great episodes, ideas coming up and to bring you. Now, they don't always happen in the order they were planned, but you know, that's okay. Sometimes things come up that are more urgent. So we kind of play around with the schedule and at other times I may be able to bring you a guest episode sooner than planned or, you know, things get delayed. So, you know, things just naturally move around. Anyway, so we noticed that we hadn't done an episode uh, specifically focused on salon KPIs. Well, kind of ever. And if you've got no idea what I'm talking about, KPI stands for Key Performance Indicator. And if you've still got no idea, don't worry, I'm going to be explaining everything to you throughout this episode. So stay tuned. Now, I have touched upon the topic in a few episodes before now on the show, but we haven't actually done an episode of the podcast specifically about KPIs. Now, this is particularly crazy because one of my most popular articles ever, back when I used to write articles rather than record the podcast, was in fact all about salon KPIs. In fact, if you go onto Google now and you type in salon KPIs, probably within the top five articles that come up is still that same article that I wrote, I don't know, five or six years ago now. So that just goes to prove, as a, as a side note here, that just goes to prove that it's entirely worth now and then looking back at stuff you've done previously for other things like blogs, social media, articles you've written for like magazines, newsletters, um, all these kind of things, you know, that were previously very popular. You know, how can you breathe new life into them? How can you reuse those things and, you know, have something else for your clients, which is brand new? It took you limited time to put together because it's based on work you've done before, but you already know it's likely to be popular with your audience or with your client base because it's worked with them before. So anyway, we've had this episode on the list for some time now, and I'd almost written it. I'd almost kind of taken what we did before, updated it, changed it around. It was probably about 70% done. Now, whenever I do an episode, 
particularly on a topic that I've not covered for a while, I always do some extra background research as well to see, you know, what other people are saying about it as a topic. I read industry articles and articles from outside of the industry. I check with books, obviously YouTube videos, other podcasts, all these kind of things, just to make sure that I've covered all the areas in enough details, looked at all the angles, and, you know, I've not missed anything out. Okay. So when I started looking at these other articles and listening to these other podcasts on the topic of KPIs, fairly specifically, most of them focused at the spa, health, and beauty industries, I was staggered to find that most of what I read was just plain wrong. You know, I mean, one article that I read was by an ex-salon owner, quite a well-known one actually, and they didn't seem to actually know the difference in this article between a KPI and a business goal. Now, there were lots of other articles as well, you know, really trying to trying to just dumb down this whole subject, which is really, really important if you want to grow your business. Just trying to dumb it down by trying to claim that, you know, there's only one KPI that you need to measure or three KPIs that all salons and all spas in the world need to measure. And again, that's just not true. So I couldn't believe what I was reading or what I was hearing. So what I actually did was I decided to scrap what I'd already written and write a whole new article really kind of setting the record straight. Now, to be fair to the articles that I read, elements of what they were saying were not completely wrong, okay? You know, to be totally fair to them, the advice wasn't likely to significantly harm your business. Now, let's face it, confusing KPIs and goals at least means that you've got some business goals in place, which is a good thing. And measuring some KPIs is surely better than measuring none at all. But I didn't find one other article that really explained everything correctly, broke it all down, simplified it, and really explained what they are, why you should care about them, how they can actually help grow your business and make you more money, and what you actually do with them once you've measured them. So let's set the record straight right now. But before we do that, hang on a minute, let's just calm down for a second. Before we do that, I just wanted to remind you that registration for the Beauty Business Owners Bootcamp March edition is now open. Now, this is my online intensive training, massively results-focused training. It's an event that's online just for beauty business owners. Now, it's all online, meaning you can take part from wherever you are in the world, fitting it in around whatever you're doing throughout the week. Now, it is results-focused, and by that I mean you start seeing results. You start seeing more bookings, more money, more clients actually within the week, okay? I've proven this because this is exactly what we did in January. Now, it is intensive. This is not some small Facebook challenge type thing. This is more training than you'd get going to one of those kind of two-day, one or two-day salon conferences somewhere in a hotel that you'd actually have to travel to and all that kind of thing. But it's spread out over a whole week. So you can learn something. You can put it in place in your business that day. You can see the results. Then you can learn something else, put that in place, see the results, and just keep on going throughout the week. And best of all, it is totally free. So not only do you not need to travel, you don't need to stay in a hotel, you don't need to take time away from your business, from your clients or from your family, but it doesn't even cost you anything for a ticket either. So what have you got to lose? Now, before you go ahead and sign up, there are two things I need to tell you about. Before I give you that address to get signed up, you need to know about these two things, okay? You have to be willing to do these two things. Number one, you need to be prepared to be nudged, just slightly nudged outside of your comfort zone, okay? If you want bigger results, 
If you want a change to happen in your business, then you're going to have to be open to doing things a little bit differently, you know, and that can be scary. So that's the first thing. And number two, you have to be willing to take action, okay? This goes hand in hand with number one, the first thing that I just talked about, okay? You've got to be prepared to be nudged out of your comfort zone and you have to be willing to take action. So I'm going to potentially challenge you a little bit on some of the days and I'll always explain why and exactly what we're trying to do, but you've got to be willing to take some action in your business. So if you want bigger results, if you want to make a change in your business, maybe it's growth, maybe it's greater control, maybe it's taking that step back and working more on your business, maybe it's you know finally getting the clients that you want and you're willing to try something different and take some action on it, then I want you in bootcamp, okay? All you have to do is head over to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash bootcamp. There's all the information that you need right there. There's a whole page with all the details and everything on it. And if you have heard enough and you just want to register, there's a great big register button there at the top of the page. But if you want to know more, there's all the information on there that you could possibly want, including some of the comments, some of the feedback that we got from the boot campers that joined me in January, including their results. So you can take someone else's word for how powerful an event this is and not just mine. Okay. So that is beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash bootcamp. Yeah. I'll see you there. We start in two weeks time from when this episode goes out. That's on the 9th of March. And yeah, I'd love to see you there. Now, incidentally, actually, I should say, if you're listening to this episode after the 9th of March, okay, because we do shut down registration on the first day of the event because we move quickly and we can't have people kind of joining halfway through and trying to figure out what's going on. If you were listening after the 9th of March and you'd still want to take part in boot camp, we're going to, once we close down the registration for the event, we'll immediately switch that page over to a waiting list page. So if you are listening to this afterwards and you like the sound of it, still go to that page. There'll be a, a kind of register your interest button somewhere on there. You'll be able to just put your name in there. And then when we do boot camp again, which will be towards the back end of the year, we will let you know first before anyone else so that you can get in and make sure you don't miss out when we do it again. Okay. I can't wait. We've got some incredible results to get. You can hopefully hear just how excited I am. I would love you all. If it's right for you, I would love you all to join me. Okay, so back to today's episode all about KPIs. So first of all, what on earth are KPIs? Well, this is a pretty good place to start naturally. So KPI, as I've mentioned, stands for Key Performance Indicator. Great. So what exactly does that mean? Well, it's supposed to indicate how well or how poorly you are doing at some aspect of your business, i.e. your performance. So it's a performance indicator for your business. It's usually numbers-based, not surprisingly for something that I'd get so worked up about. But here's the thing, and where so many other experts seem to have gone wrong. While it is true that pretty much anything can be considered a performance indicator, the amount of stock in your stock cupboard by volume, the number of staff you have, the number of phone calls you get in a day, how much massage oil you go through. It's that first word, key, the K in KPI that is so important. This really is the key to the whole thing, pun entirely intended. So lots of things can be performance indicators, like I've said, but which ones are actually important? Which ones are worth measuring and actually give a real indication of the moving success target that is your business? And, you know, the other thing is what's key to your beauty business? What's key to your beauty business might not be key to someone else's business for 
I don't know, a million different reasons. So to be fair to the expert article I read where they'd confused KPIs with goals, this is where I think they'd got a bit stuck because just as the goals of one salon owner will be totally different from any other salon owner, in fact, probably all salon owners, then the same is true for KPIs. The sum that you're going to have in common, you know, you, you want to be able to pay your staff as a goal, you want to be able to grow your business, you want to have happy clients, all those kind of things. The sum that are always going to be in common, but the real ones that are going to matter to your business are always going to be somewhat unique to your business. But KPIs are not your goals, okay? They are the signposts on the way to your goals. They're the mile markers, you know, the landmarks that that tell you if you're heading in the right direction or very much in the wrong direction, okay? So that's kind of a high-level definition of what KPIs are. So what is an actual example of a KPI, and how do we know if it's a good one, a good one for your business? Well, here is where you are going to get some different answers, and I 100% stick by my claim that your KPIs are not necessarily the same as another salon's KPIs. But to help focus our attention, let's pick a common one to take a look at in more detail in terms of its characteristics, okay? So one of my favorites is percentage retail to service revenue. Now, this is a bit of a classic. You've probably heard about this before. And it's really one of the only KPIs that I'd suggest any salon, any spa owner, any clinic owners look at as a great, you know, one-off general indicator of your business's performance. So what this KPI is actually measuring is basically how much retail revenue you're generating in your business based on the amount of service or treatment revenue that you're also generating. Okay, so let's say in a week, you've generated $5,000 in service or treatment revenue. Okay, that's money you've taken, $5,000. Okay, that's all the massages, that's all the nail treatments, the facials, waxing, lashes, pedicure, all of that stuff. Okay, yeah, stuff you've actually had to perform on a client. Now, in that same week, on top of the money you've made from performing those treatments and services, you've also sold, let's say, $800 worth of retail products. So that's the serums, the cleansers, the moisturizers, the scrubs, the balms, all those kind of things. So what you do is you take that $800, the amount you've sold in retail products, and you divide it, use a calculator, obviously, you could divide it by the $5,000, the stuff you sold in treatments and services. Okay, now this will give you a figure, if you do it with me, this will give you a figure of 0.16. Now, to turn that into a percentage, you simply multiply it by 100, or you just lop off the decimal place at the beginning, whichever works best for you, and you end up with a figure of 16%, 1.6% as your figure for your percentage retail to service revenue for that week. Okay, great. Awesome. Now what? And this is where people everywhere, not just salon and spa owners, but other business owners, other consultants, other managers, all sorts of people just kind of stop and don't really know what to do next. But this figure on its own is pretty pointless, okay? We've got a number, but without anything to compare it to, what on earth are we supposed to do that with? And that's why KPIs are only useful at all if compared with something. And really, they're only useful to you if you compare them with yourself or your own business, okay? So let's say the week before, the one that we just worked out, um, let's say this salon in question that we've made up, let's say they did 
$4,200 in services or treatments and $780 in retail products. So we'll take that $780 and we'll divide it by the $4,200 and we get 0.186 or 18.6%. Okay. Now the salon actually sold slightly less in terms of revenue in both services and retails that previous week, but overall the conversion the uh, service to retail, the amount of retail revenue sold compared with the service revenue was actually better. Yeah. It was 18.6% compared with 16%. So you could say that while revenue increased from that first week to the second week, performance, the KPI we're measuring here, actually declined from one week to the other. Now, isn't this just confusing? You know, how can revenue have increased, but the KPI, the indication of our performance got worse? This doesn't make any sense, but that's why this gets so exciting. Just me? Okay, come on. I can start to feel you coming around. So let me tell you a bit more. Okay. So when you're comparing just one week with another, it's still not great. Okay. It's more useful than just having that one number on its own. You know, that one number on its own is completely useless. At least with two points of data, you've kind of got something, you know, you've got better or worse, but just those two individual weeks at this stage is still not very much. The real benefits come when you start to measure this KPI, any KPI, in fact, over a period of time. So maybe one week it's 18.6%. And then the next week it's 16% as we've seen. But then the week after that, it's 17.2%. And then it's 17.9%. And then it's 16.5%. And then it's 18%. And then it's 16.8%. Okay. Now this is good. Okay. Week by week, we now know we are in this salon, we're hovering somewhere around the 16 to 18% range. Yeah. We have consistency. Now, whether this is just your own figures yourself or whether this is for your salon overall, if you have a team, week by week, you are consistently performing at a percentage retail to service revenue of between 16 and 18%. Okay. So what can you now do with this information? Well, for me, it's three key things. And this is how I define a good or a true KPI for your business. So first of all, number one, you can do is use it for better business forecasting. Now, you should know what you have booked in in your appointment books in terms of treatments over the next two to eight weeks. Now, this might be from your physical appointment book if you have one. It could be from your booking software. Please start to use booking software. It makes everyone's life so much easier. But let's say you can look at your future bookings over the next eight weeks. And you know from looking at that, your reports tell you that you've got, let's say, $24,000 worth of bookings in place already in treatment or services, right? So based on that, and knowing that your conversion rate is a solid, steady figure somewhere between 16 and 18%, you can work out that you're going to sell somewhere between $3,840 and $4,320 in retail products in that time. So you now know that you're likely to have at least that level of revenue coming in over the next eight weeks. All I've done there is I've taken that $24,000 and I've multiplied it to the lower figure. I've multiplied it by 16%, higher figure by 18%. So you now know you're likely to have at least that level of revenue coming in over the next eight weeks, which should help you with your you know, stress levels and all that kind of thing around paying bills, paying wages, all those kind of things. Now, also, if you're needing to order new product, for example, you know you're going to sell that much. So it should give you more confidence when you're ordering. If you also know what your most popular products are, you know, and what you're running low on, then you should know what to actually buy and how much of it as well. 
So that's number one. Number two is it should provide you an early warning system. Now, we now know that this salon, our mystery salon that we're talking about, is fairly consistent with this KPI. So let's say one week we measure it and the figure has dropped all the way down to 7%. Whoa, what happened there? That's not normal. Okay, so now you've seen it, you've found it straight away. It's time to investigate and potentially fix whatever it was quickly. You know, did you run out of a key item of stock that sells really well? And that's why you couldn't, you know, sell the figure you normally would. Was one of your best, you know, members of staff who was really great at selling, were they off sick and therefore not selling that week? Whatever it was, you need to find the reason for it as best you can. And if it is fixable, fix it right now before you even have one more week of poor performance. Now, sometimes, sometimes it will just be, you know, a, a weird freak week. You know, the next week it will be right back up to 16% to 18%, in which case you don't need to panic. But at least you were alerted straight away to a potential problem rather than not noticing it until months down the line when you've lost out on all that revenue and potentially damaged your business. Now, equally, the opposite is true. You know, one week you might have suddenly got some really amazing figures. You suddenly pull a 30% conversion rate out of the bag. Great. What did you do that week? Was there a sales promotion going on? Was there an event you had? Has a product been advertised on TV or mentioned by a celebrity? Did you do anything differently? You know, whatever it was, figure it out again, find it, investigate it, figure it out, seize on it. And if you can, do more of it and see if you can raise your overall figure moving forward. So you actually have a much higher consistent rate. You know, maybe whatever you did that week is something you can do and repeat every single week. Maybe it was something special, in which case you can only do it every month or every quarter. But either way, you now know what it is, what effect it has on your figures, and you can take action accordingly. Now that for me is the beauty of a true KPI. It gives you that immediate feedback about your business. And because it's numbers-based, it's real, it's factual, okay? It's not based on emotion. It's not based on how you feel that week. Your job is simply to consistently track it, notice it when it changes, investigate, and then take appropriate action. Now, the third thing, the third criteria for me of a great KPI is that you can use it to purposefully drive and track your performance so that you and your team consistently perform at a certain level, okay? You now know that, again, in our example, our team perform consistently at between 16 to 18%, almost on autopilot without, you know, trying overly hard. They just keep doing it week after week. Well, what about if you did try a bit harder? What about if you put in place some sort of friendly competition? What if you measured each individual member of your team's performance separately and then you compared them with each other? You know, could you maybe then turn that consistent 16 to 18% number into a consistent 22 to 24% figure? You know, might not seem like very much, but that could be another $400 or more in retail revenue every week. And you know, not to go too far into the point, but that's another $20,000 a year in retail sales, which I think we'd all quite like. So I hope you're starting to see why KPIs are so important and so powerful for your business. You know, they can give you better information. They can tell you right away when something is wrong or something has improved or something has changed, and they can actually help you grow your business too. 
Now, I picked percentage retail service revenue as an example for a reason. Well, two reasons. Firstly, because it's one of those, like I said, almost universal KPIs. It's one that pretty much everyone should be measuring if selling retail is an important part of your business. It's one that if you really don't know where to start, it's a great one to start with and an easy one to measure as well. But also, it's based on the fact that it's a percentage. Now, Without wanting to take you back to your dreaded high school maths class, purely for business growth purposes here, I love using percentages as KPIs because it more easily allows you to compare information. Now, here's what I mean. Now, let's say, for for an example, let's say you only measure your overall revenue as your so-called KPI. That's all you track. You just see what you've made in a week. So one week you generate... $5,800 in your business. Another week, you generate $5,200. Another week, you generate $4,500. And another week, you suddenly only generate $2,400. Now, clearly, that one week where you earned $2,400 wasn't ideal, but all this tells us is you had a bad week. Now, even if we know the reason was that you were off ill and you took three days off because you were unable to work, it doesn't allow us to easily compare your performance over the weeks. It's not a fair comparison. We can't compare that $2,400 with one of the weeks where you earned $5,200 because you were working different amounts of time. However, if we look at the same four weeks using my percentage retail to service revenue as a comparison figure, because it already takes account of the fact that you were off ill for a few days, that you performed fewer treatments and therefore sold less products, and therefore it already includes those reduced hours and allows you to know actually, even though you earned less, your conversion potentially was still on track. So if we look at that same four-week period as a percentage retail to service revenue, it would look like this. 16%, 17.2%, 16.8%, and then 17.8%. So while knowing that you earned less that week is important, obviously, you know, you need to know that you earned a bit less money. You You might need to be a bit careful with your spending that week. You can rest assured that your overall performance levels didn't suffer. Okay, you can compare all the way through the year, one week with another, no matter how many hours you worked in that week. Now, the same goes here for when you're comparing members of your team. If one person on your team works part-time and another works full-time, it's not fair to compare one's revenue and one's sales figures alone with the other because one of them works more hours and it stands to reason, hopefully, that they should be generating more in retail revenue and more in products because they're in the business more. But using a percentage allows you to directly compare one team member with another because it's comparing their own performance with their own hours. Does this make sense? Yeah. Now, it doesn't have to be percentage retail to service revenue. You know, you could take their service revenue and you could divide it by the number of hours that they worked in a week to get a figure that will be your service revenue per hour number. Now, again, this allows you to compare one team member with another or compare your whole team overall. So does this meet our criteria? Does it allow you to focus better? Yes. If you know that Jane performs consistently at a certain revenue per hour rate and you put her on the rotor for a certain number of hours, then you can be reasonably certain of knowing exactly how much revenue she's going to bring in. Now, next, does it provide an early warning system? Well, yes. If Jane's performance here suddenly dips, then there might be an issue you want to take a look at. Maybe she's not well. Maybe she's struggling with something. Maybe there's an issue at home. Maybe there's something you just want to sit down and have a talk with her about. And finally, does it allow you to drive performance? Well, yes. If you know Jane is consistently performing at a certain level, but another member of staff is consistently performing at a much higher level, 
then can you help Jane to improve her figure by learning something from another team member or by again, potentially incentivizing her or creating that little friendly competition? So service revenue per hour could indeed be a great KPI for you. But is it? Well, this is kind of the tricky part. You need to decide what your KPIs actually are. Now, this can be a number of things. First of all, as we've kind of mentioned, it can be goal-driven. You know, we've spoken about goals before. If you know what you want and you've broken those goals down into steps and you know the steps and the milestones that you need to hit along the way, then you could measure the KPIs that allow you to move towards and past those milestones. Now, if you want to know more about this, about goals, how to break them down, how to use them to grow your business, go and listen to episode 78 of the podcast, which is an episode called How to Set the Right Goals for You in 2020. It's the perfect episode to go along with this one. Now, let's say instead you want to increase your revenue, okay? You could use the two KPIs that we've already looked at to drive your own or your team's performance and slowly steadily increase that revenue per hour, increase that percentage retail to treatment revenue over time. And as long as you see those figures improving, remaining consistent or, you know, anything but dropping, then you're getting closer to your goal. Yeah. Does this make sense? So the KPIs that you choose to measure could also, if they're not goal driven, they could also be, if you're in a bit more of a, you know, a a slightly more desperate state, then they could be driven by something that I call triage. Okay. Now, have you ever watched one of those medical programs on TV? You know, things like Grey's Anatomy, ER, Casualty, if you're in the UK. You know, whenever there's some kind of, you know, once in a season, they'd have some sort of major incident where loads of people get hurt and they kind of rush in there and they need to figure out who's most in need of attention first. Well, that's called triage. Figuring out which person's injuries are most life-threatening the ones that need the most attention first, and you go and help them. So by looking at a large number of KPIs over a few weeks, you can see where a problem may lie in your business. One that can be fixed quickly, or if not, if it's not addressed, it could get worse and really become life-threatening to your business. You know, if this is the case, then you need to measure and manage these KPIs and make sure they're on track before you start looking at any kind of goal-related growth. Because there's no point in having an amazing percentage revenue to service revenue figure if you aren't actually getting enough clients to pay your bills in the first place. Now, is this even possible? Well, yes, it absolutely is. You could see, now this is an extreme example, I'll give you that, but you could see two clients each week. Okay, you could perform a $100 massage on each one of them and you could do really well and sell each one of them $50 worth of retail products. Okay, that's a percentage retail to service revenue score of 50%, which is amazing. But... It's also only $300 per week, which I doubt is even enough to pay your bills, let alone to live on. So while KPIs are important, it's also important to measure the things that actually matter most to your business as well, like overall revenue. So if you're great at selling retail products, but terrible at bringing in new clients, well, percentage revenue to service revenue isn't the KPI for you to measure. You probably do in the first place because you need to figure out if you are amazing at selling retail products, but it's not the thing you need to manage and focus on because you're already doing okay at that revenue per hour worked might be a better one. Because if you're working in a salon for four days and therefore available for treatments, let's say for 26 hours overall, and you only did those two massages lasting an hour each, sold them the retail product and generated $300, well, that's a revenue per hour worked figure of just $11.54, basically $300 divided by the 26 hours, which isn't really very good overall. 
So it's vital that you look at your whole business. You find the broken things, you target them with an appropriate KPI, you measure it, you track it, then you manage it, you focus on improving those KPIs, and then you move on to the next ones. So also, while I advise that you measure as many KPIs as you can easily measure that you think are important to your business, you track them and you figure out the ones that are appropriate to your business, never try and affect, never try and change any more than three of them at one time. Now, what I mean by this is if you try and actively improve more than three KPIs, a couple of things will be likely to happen. Number one, if you make lots of changes to target lots of KPIs at once. You won't actually know which changes made which things better or worse in your business. So I always advise that you only change one thing at a time, okay? You need to figure out how you can quickly change something, quickly measure it, quickly figure out the results, track it, and then know what difference that change made, whether it was positive, whether it was negative. That way, you know whether you want to keep it or whether you want to scrap it. You can decide to keep it, get rid of it, change it, make an adjustment, whatever you want to do, or even do more of it. Now, the second thing is that if you try to target more than three KPIs at any one time, they're also likely to conflict with each other, okay? Affecting one will actually have a negative effect on the other, which kind of confuses everything. So the key is to target just a few, okay? Change one thing at a time, understand the implications by measuring all of the KPIs, that matter to you and then make further changes as necessary. Because again, if you change one thing, maybe you're changing one thing and your aim is to affect, I don't know, let's say it's the service revenue per hour, okay? You change something in your business, meaning to affect the service revenue for, per hour. But because you're tracking multiple KPIs, maybe it doesn't do what you want it to do for the service revenue per hour, but it does affect another KPI that's important to you. That's really useful information because even though it wasn't the thing you were targeting, you now know that whatever you did had an effect on another KPI. So you can kind of put it in your pocket for when you want to do something to that KPI and bring it back out of the box again. Okay. So what else is important to think about when you're working out what KPIs are important for you in your business? Well, some KPIs also, it's important to remember, need to be measured over different periods of time. Now, I love KPIs that can be measured quickly and consistently, like the ones that we've already talked about here, the ones that can be worked out daily, weekly, monthly, even hourly, if you really wanted to, pretty much any time period at all. And because of that, you can test and adjust really quickly. That's always my favorite thing to do. However, another fairly universal KPI to consider is client retention. This is basically how well you keep hold of your clients. Now, you know that this is one of the absolute cornerstone foundational principles that I teach to my own clients. You know, your business cannot survive if you're constantly having to bring in nothing but new clients. So you have to get good at keeping the ones that you have, as many of them as physically possible. So to measure this and to track it is really, really important. Now, to do this correctly, you need to calculate this actually for two specific types of clients. First of all, for your new clients, so you understand how many of your new clients you're keeping. And then you also need to track it for your existing clients as well, so that you know that you're not losing existing clients because you're focusing all your attention on your new clients. So starting off with new clients, the correct way of actually calculating this, no matter what anyone else tells you, the correct way of calculating this is the total number of new clients that you've seen at least three times divided by the total number of new clients, okay? Now, just to clarify here, the reason we're talking about clients that we've seen three times is if you've had a new client come back to you three times, then that's the point 
generally speaking, at which they've decided that you are a salon, you are a clinic that they're going to keep coming back to at least for a year to 18 months. Okay. So that's the point that we can count them as a returning client. So anything less than that, they could have just come once and then they could have gone, oh, I'm not sure about that experience. I'll go again. So they've only been twice. So if they've only been that number of times, we can't yet quite classify them as a repeat client. Okay. So that gives you your new client retention rate. Now, again, this is a percentage. All you need to do is multiply it by 100 or knock off the decimal place. But wait a moment. For you to have seen this client three times, you can't measure this weekly because it's highly unlikely, in fact, it's almost impossible, that a client has come to see you three times in a week. So this particular KPI needs to be measured less frequently and over a longer period of time. Now, how long that period of time is very much depends on your business type. So for hairstylists, massage therapists, lash artists, most beauty salons, this needs to be over a six-month period. However, if you're, for example, a permanent makeup artist, semi-permanent makeup artist, uh, or some skin clinics, a client isn't supposed to have visited you three times in a six-month period. So you'll have to go for a bit longer period of time. So if you see what I mean, client retention is a hugely important KPI for pretty much all businesses, but not one that you can measure on a week by week basis. Now, in an ideal world, I'd be encouraging all of you to be calculating this at least on a monthly basis. Now, do not rely on the retention figures that your booking software gives you either. I've seen many booking software systems calculate this retention, not necessarily wrongly, but not in the way that I teach people to calculate and not in the way that I believe it should be calculated. And most of them don't separate easily out new client retention and existing client retention either. Now, if you want to test this out, if you want to test your own software, great. Calculate it manually. And I'll tell you how to do that in a second. Calculate it manually first, then do it on your computer. If you get the same number, brilliant. You've just saved yourself a massive amount of time. But even if your software calculates it wrong, the good news is you can still use the raw data that should be possible to be obtained from your booking software anyway. So what you want to do is you want to look for a report on your software that tells you over the last six months how many times a client has visited you. Okay, check to see if there's an option on there for it to tell you only about new clients, i.e. clients that had their first visit with you in that six month period. Now, this should be available on there. It might be there as an option. It might be there as a filter. It might be there as a drop down. It could even be two separate reports. If you can't find it, give your support desk for the software that you use a call and ask them where it is on your system. So let's say the report tells you that in the last six months, you saw a total of 60 new clients, six zero new clients. And of those, 18 of them have come in to see you at least three times. So the way to calculate this is you take that 18 clients, you take the clients that have been in to see you three times, these are your retained new clients, and you divide that by 60, which is the overall number of new clients in that time period. Now, this gives you a figure of 0.3, or again, if you lop off the decimal place, 30%. Now, that is 30%. That's 30%, which is your new client retention rate. And that's not bad, actually. Industry standard figures are around 25 to 30%. So if you're hitting 30%, you're kind of at the top end of average, which is pretty good. Now you know what your score is. You might be happy with that, okay? You might have hit 35 or 40%. Now what you want to do is just make sure you're maintaining it or you might want to improve it. So what can you do to improve the rate that you're keeping your new clients? You know, you hear me going about this all the time. So calculating your existing client retention rate 
is a little bit more involved. And I think it's a bit more involved than I can actually go into and explain on a podcast. I've already done quite a lot of math with you already, but don't fear. All you need to do is go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 83, which are the show notes pages for this episode. And on that page, I've put a download link to all of my KPI calculation tools. And in there, I'll show you exactly how to calculate the most important KPIs. There's even a handy spreadsheet there for you to help track the most important KPIs and add your own on there as well so that you can track easily over time and actually help you grow your business. Now, I love KPIs. Can you tell? Okay, I think I've given you enough to digest on KPIs for now. And hopefully I've done what I set out to do and I've set the record straight on exactly what they are, exactly what they're not, why you should care about them and how to actually use them within your business to grow your business, to get to the goals that you actually want to achieve. Now, remember, if you're hungry for more, if I've kind of, you know, really given you the appetite for learning more about KPIs, then do go and check out the show notes pages for this episode. I'll put a link to that um, download for all my KPI tools and all the other resources as well to give you more information. And also I'll give you that spreadsheet and the tools to measure them as well. Now that's everything for this week. But remember, if you want more live training with ideas and strategies that I will show you can change your business really fast, things like bringing in more money fast, help with creating the business that you really want, finally getting all the clients that you want from your Instagram efforts, and loads and loads more, then do not forget to check out my Beauty Business Owners Bootcamp taking place in March 2020. Just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash bootcamp do it right now, register while you remember, and I'll send you more information to remind you exactly what's happening over the next few days. I'm looking forward to it. I hope to see you there, but either way, I will see you back here in a week. <laughs>